0: welcome to helping of happiness episode number 101 today we are talking with tori gilbert all about her travels around the world and what it's like living internationally in many different cultures hi you're listening to helping of happiness i'm your host Hilary hess a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to eat and love to travel Mom life can be exhausting, hectic, and scary at times, so let's take this journey together. We can love, we can learn, we can laugh, we can cry, and we can become better friends while we're at it. So with all the uncertainty that's been going on in the world, I just wanted to have a little podcast for you guys today that would be a lot of fun. Tori has some really, really fun stories. Tori has lived in Taiwan. She's lived in China. She's lived in the U.S. in different parts of the U.S. She's also living currently in the Switzerland area and she's just got some really fun stories that I'm so excited for you to hear. She's super down to earth and really, really fantastic. So Go ahead and listen to her. We'll have a lot of links in the show notes about different things that we're talking about, such as our favorite foods that we discuss and the homemaking hacks. So make sure you grab those in there. So without any further ado, meet Tori. So, Tori, tell us a little bit about your family and then. You've got so many amazing adventures around the world. I can't wait to hear about all of this. We met, I guess I should kind of throw this in here, when you lived in Texas in between some of your adventures. And so now let's hear about where you've been and what you're doing and everything else.
1: It's been kind of a long process of moving around the globe. My husband and I have been married for about 10 years, and I think we've moved about 10 times in those 10 years long history of moving and being vagabonds (laughs) a little bit (laughs) homeless, I guess, sometimes.
0: So you have three kids and one on the way. So so (laughs) where did you start with, like, when you started all this moving around the world, did you have kids when you were first moving around or did you, were you just newly married? When did this all start in your Mm -hmm. marriage?
1: Yeah. So Um, I would actually say what sparked our international travels started before my husband, Chris, and I were even married. He served a mission for our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he served a mission in Taiwan. So he was there for two years and learned Mandarin Chinese. And so once we got married, um, he enrolled in a program through his university called a flagship program which basically allows you to live abroad and study your language abroad. So the first time we ever moved was just for three months and we went to Taiwan. And it was super fun and interesting because we were back in the same areas where he had lived years previously. And so that was our first experience living abroad. We just did that for three months. Then we ended up finishing up some more schooling in Arizona and moved to Nanjing, China, which is about three hours from Shanghai. And we were there for nine months. And after Nanjing, China, we went back to Arizona, then back to Taiwan for an internship, back to Arizona, and back to Shanghai, China. Um, So it was like a lot of moving back and forth before we eventually landed in Texas, where I met you. Since Texas, we briefly lived in Singapore for three months and now we are here in where are we? I can't even keep track. Now we're in Switzerland. We're <laughs> 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 somewhere in the world. Probably.
0: Somewhere that isn't in the Orient, somewhere different from that.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. And that was really exciting for us was the opportunity to get to live in Europe because we've spent a lot of time in Asia, which we loved. But um, we were definitely excited to try a different culture. So, okay. Do you mind if
0: we kind of go through your countries and talk about the hot yeah. and them then down. like what to. you learned, what was most exciting and then maybe what you love most about the culture type of a thing. Okay. So you do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Taiwan?
1: I'll start with Taiwan because that okay. was our first experience living abroad. Um, so I was so excited to go to Taiwan and when you're first living somewhere internationally, I think you of know, and you get excited. And then you go to the grocery store and you can't find ingredients to cook with. And then it's the culture <laughs> shock again. So maybe one of the more difficult things was just learning to adjust to the culture shock. Because it was my first time living abroad. Um, aside from like a couple small trips to Mexico, I hadn't really left the U.S. that much. And... So, you kind of go through this roller coaster of like being really excited about seeing something that's so foreign and interesting, and then all of a sudden feeling really discouraged and lost all the time, and like completely unable to communicate with people. Um, so, I would say that was maybe like the most challenging thing initially. And it's surprising how much you miss your food. Mm-hmm. It's the foods that you're accustomed to. Um, so I felt like I was hungry all the time in Taiwan. I was well fed, but I think I was a much pickier eater, and I was learning to try things that looked <laughs> and gelatiny and foreign. Um, and obviously, after doing that for quite a few more years, I've just kind of become accustomed to strange textures and flavors and things that I wouldn't have eaten before. Um, so. I think that was just all part of the learning curve Uh, in Taiwan and in China. Everything is in Chinese characters. They use very little English. And so um, I was extremely dependent on my husband, Chris, because he speaks the language. So it was like, he would have to read a menu for me. He would have to order for me. If I needed another napkin, he would need to ask for a napkin. I just felt like, For three months in Taiwan, I was tapping him on the shoulder like, what does this mean? Can you ask about this? Can you get me that? (laughs) So it was like like, completely incapable of doing things for myself. Um, And this was pre-smartphone. So I didn't have the ability to just translate things and do things on my own that I do now. Um, So technology, like has made a really big difference and has made living abroad a lot easier since then, of course. Um, Something that I just loved, though, about the culture, they have an extremely warm family-centered culture and they love babies. And so the first time we lived there, it was just me and my husband. We didn't have children. But the second time we were there, Um, I was with my oldest daughter, and at the time, she was about six months old, and people couldn't keep their hands off of her, which coming from America can be a little bit alarming if you don't understand the culture, but people will just walk up to you, and they'll take your baby out of your arms, and they'll hold her, and they'll try and feed her, (laughs) and (laughs) understanding that aspect of the culture, I became okay with it and it was something that i loved like i loved being able to let my guard down and just realize like people here have good intentions they love children like they just want to help and i remember one time we were eating in a restaurant that we frequented and the waitresses knew us they knew my daughter kinley and they were holding her and playing with her so we could enjoy our dinner and it had maybe been 10 or 15 minutes and all of a sudden we realized like where's where's Kinley like she's not in this restaurant anymore and we looked out the window they had this big glass window and the waitress was just standing with her on the front doorstep waving at people as they passed by and (laughs) totally good intention but you know like initially it kind of freaks you out and then you remember like no you're in one of the safest countries in the world where there's just this great level of trust and you can let your guard down um and i think sometimes this thinking in america is like oh this is so safe um i think sometimes people who haven't traveled outside of the country feel very fearful about what other countries might be like or what dangers might be there but something i've learned living in China, living in Taiwan, living in Singapore, living in Switzerland, is I probably have felt safer in all of those countries at times than I have in the States. And I just say that to encourage people to travel if they're ever feeling, you know, like uncomfortable or reluctant about making that that leap because it's something that they haven't experienced before. I would say like generally people are very very good and a lot of these countries are extremely safe places to visit.
0: That's so cool. So cool. Taiwan and China were they kind of both hard for the same reasons or were different things harder about China like in different hard than Taiwan?
1: Um so China we lived in China over the course of 2 years. And it was broken up. So we lived in China for one year, once again, as just a couple with no kids. And then the second time we went back, we had kids. So it was a completely different dynamic, like living abroad without kids, living abroad with kids is so drastically different. Um, The first time we were there, I actually was pregnant with my first. And so... Once again, like it sounds crazy to be so obsessive over the food, but that for me was the hardest oh, thing. Was especially, I pregnant. Felt yeah, hungry all the time, and I missed just kind of those the comfort cooking and things like that. Um, so that was probably the hardest thing for me the first time that we went. Um, the second time that we went, it was just like city life with kids it was a real challenge. I Went there with a three-year-old, and I think I was about six months pregnant, and I had my second in a Chinese hospital, which was a really interesting experience, because they legally cannot tell you the gender of your baby, so I had to get all of that information before I left the States, Um, but I had a really positive experience. I had my baby in an international hospital, (laughs) which I think is why things went well, but it's just city living in general is very hard. Whether you're doing it in Shanghai with 23 million people or whether you're doing it in New York city, you know, with 8 million people, you just, you don't have a vehicle. You're trying to tote around all these babies and carry your groceries and make sure no one runs away and no one gets lost. (laughs) Did you have anybody run away? Did you have any loose, loose ends? I did. I did have, A loose a couple loose children so my daughter Kinley she was a flight risk she would always just take off and she's a very spirited girl so I mean I just remember thinking if we get out of here without being run over it'll be a miracle and it really was a miracle we got run over but she darted into the street a couple times and I remember once I was um, trying to get through a gate And the gate had opened because she was small or she snuck under it and ran through and I didn't fit. I was like, you know, nine months pregnant at the time trying to hop over this fence and I'm yelling to the security guard, like, open this door. I need help. I need help. Like my daughter's run out, but you don't speak the language and you just feel totally helpless. So there were plenty of times that you just kind of had to deal with the frustration of not being able to communicate or get the help that you needed. And you just kind of do charades until you act (laughs) out what you need and then you carry on. So China, I would think was probably the hardest of all of our experiences, but I think it was also the most, most rewarding if you've lived in China you really feel like you can live anywhere in the world because culturally it's so different. Um, The language is so different. The food is so different, but I really felt like a strong sense of attachment to it. And it was actually really difficult for me to leave. But I also think leaving was, it was a good timing for us because I was extremely stressed out all the time, just trying to keep track of little kids in a big city. So um, yeah, it was a great opportunity. We loved it. And you learn when you're living abroad just to have an incredible amount of flexibility. I think I mentioned I was pregnant when we moved to China the second time. And all of our things were being shipped from America to China. So they were supposed to have arrived within a couple months of us arriving in Shanghai. But they got held up in customs for six months. So, I was through this, you know, like 30 pound weight change of like putting on all this weight, having a baby with literally no supplies, nothing. We had the furniture which came with the house, which was like two beds, not even a crib. And there was like a little table. That's all we had. We didn't have pots, pans, like. And I didn't want to rebuy all of these things because I knew that they were in China. They were just stuck in customs. And so you just kind of have to learn to like roll over the punches because unexpected stuff always happens. <laughs> so, you know, not knowing like when your things are going to arrive is problematic, but it's out of your <laughs> control. And you kind of have to learn to be like, Okay, this is the situation. We're gonna deal with it. I know that it was winter when we arrived, and now it's summer, so we're just gonna cut, you know, the sleeves and all of the (laughs) legs off of your pants. (laughs) (laughs) So we just like made adjustments and made do, Um, and also you just kind of have to learn to be easygoing in the sense that, like, it's not America. You can't put your kids in a car and buckle them into car seats and drive them to the grocery store like I had a scooter and I put Kinley on the back of it in a little tiny toddler seat and I wore my newborn infant in a baby carrier and I drove my scooter around Shanghai like everybody else does and that's not like safe at all and I would never (laughs) do it (laughs) but like it was so exhilarating and it was so fun and like having my scooter was just like such a I don't know, it was such a good outlet for me because it allowed me to see the city. But you just kind of have to adjust to the culture and trust that you're going to be okay. Um and that was one of my concerns, like I always worried about my safety a little bit in terms of getting in a scooter accident or getting hit <laughs> by a bike. car. Not so much, you know, the things that maybe you worry about in America like a I don't know, a crazy person who might like a mugging or yeah, some spirit, kind of crazy, you know what I yeah, mean? right. Um, and so I remember before we moved to China, I asked my dad if he would say a prayer for us that we would be safe, and he promised that we would be. And so I think I just relied like very heavily on that assurance that like I'm doing the best I can. I don't have a car, and I don't have seatbelts to buckle my kids into. The best I can do is to drive around this scooter with the baby strapped to the front of me, and just have faith that everything's going to be okay. And it was. <laughs> so we learned we learned a lot of flexibility in China. So after China, it, like
0: everyday life, probably you came back. Was that when you came to? Did you go straight from Texas from China to
1: Texas? We went straight from China to Powell, Wyoming, which is where I'm from. It's a super small town with, like, 5,000 people. Um, We were trying to kind of get, like, our bearings after living in China and figure out where we were headed next. And so we were there for about six months, once again. That's got to be, like,
0: the biggest culture shock ever, going from being surrounded
1: by people to being out in the country. Exactly, like having restaurants and there was like great nightlife and things to do to pretty much, you know, Pizza Hut and McDonald's were our only, our only options for, for food and for entertainment. You know, we only knew really my parents because everybody else that I've grown up with has, has left Powell. So that was really, it was a really big culture shock, but you don't take things like clean air and blue skies for granted. I mean, those were things that you rarely saw in China because there was so much pollution. And just the peace and the quiet and being able to let the kids play outside. So I think it was really therapeutic for us. So we were there and then moved to Texas where we were for two years. And my husband started a new job. And the job agreement was you live in Texas for two years. And you'll go international again, which we kind of love. At this point, I don't know how we'll ever find where we want to permanently settle. Yeah. Because we're so Um, And so Texas was great for us. It was like just kind of enjoying suburban America, you know? Like we had, I think, two Chick-fil-A's a mile from our house. We had two Targets a mile from our house. It was just like the typical american dream and we really really enjoyed it but we also just missed the excitement of living abroad and i think another part of living abroad is there's typically a lot of uncertainty surrounding where you'll be moving how long you'll be staying for you know a lot of expatriates in our similar situation you ask them how long are you going to be here how long will you be there and they don't really have a firm answer. I feel like it's extremely up in the air. So we didn't find out where exactly we would be moving until like right before it was time for us to move. And we got word we'd be moving to Singapore for three months. And then after Singapore, to Switzerland. Um, actually more accurately, we are living in Liechtenstein, which is a super tiny country kind of wedged between between Switzerland and Austria but it's a very Swiss country we rely on Switzerland for our army and different things like that so we can just consider it part of Switzerland (laughs) (laughs) so
0: tell me about Singapore so what were your loves and your struggles and all the things in, in Singapore
1: Singapore was great it felt a bit like a vacation um, especially when, you know, you're just there for
0: three months, it's kind yeah. of like you don't settle in, like you're moving in. Right.
1: Exactly. We lived in a serviced apartment, so it was like, we still had housekeeping and all of these services that you would have in a hotel, like a wonderful continental breakfast every morning. Um, but we still had an apartment in our own space, which was great. So I had very few responsibilities. Um, my daughter wasn't enrolled in school. She was being quote unquote homeschooled for three months, which meant we were having lots of cultural experiences. <laughs> not <very laughs> for schooling we did. And it was just like a really nice change of pace because I'm kind of a busybody, And even when I didn't have a lot of work to do in Texas, I would just create work for myself. Um, and so it was just really great to kind of, take that time, like reconnect with my kids. We honestly had very few friends when we were there. We weren't there long enough to make a lot of friendships. And so there weren't a lot of distractions. It was just kind of me and my family and exploring this place that's very manageable. Um, Singapore is small, so you can see a lot of it. You can see almost all of it in a three-month period. And um, if you don't know much about Singapore, it's very similar to chinese culture but it also had a very strong like british influence because it was under it was a british colony for so long so they speak english it was like china but a thousand times easier Ugh. and it's extremely clean and efficient and like very modern so it was it was a really really fun experience i would say the challenge though was we were on vacation for 3 months and yeah. i think to a lot of people that sounds great but the reality of it is Sometimes you a vacation to- is nice for two weeks and then
0: it's nice right. to be home again. Yeah.
1: You need some structure in your life and different things like that. And so I would say really that was probably our biggest challenge was just feeling unsettled during that time. And like we weren't really able to make a home because we knew it was going to be so temporary. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how's Switzerland been?
1: Switzerland is great. It's so beautiful. We're living... In the country, so this is our first time living abroad and not living in a huge city. And so, for the first time living abroad, we have a car. <laughs> We're very American. We bought a minivan, which is like a very un-European thing to do. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did
1: you guys just choose so to happy. live
0: out in the country, or was that part of the, you know, part of the job that that's where they had you living was out there?
1: Yeah, this is part of the job. So. Um, My husband works for a European power tool company called Hilti and Hilti is headquartered in Liechtenstein and Liechtenstein, I think it's the sixth smallest country in the world. They have a population of 30,000 people. So that's just kind of where the job was. And so there's a couple other small towns and villages around us, but it's great. It's like extremely outdoorsy you see tractors driving by, you see people riding their horses, and like we're in the Alps, so of course it's incredibly like scenic and beautiful, and people here just have a really, really, really strong appreciation for the outdoors. And I think kind of the American mentality is like, oh, I love to be outside when it's nice. Right, right. Like, I, right. that's how I am. Oh, and that's how I am. More. Oh, Yeah. 60, 70 degrees, get me there. Otherwise, I don't know. (laughs) If I'm too hot, I'm grumpy. If I'm too cold, I'm grumpy. But here, the attitude is there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. So, you know, we moved here in winter and I kind of felt like, oh, I need to just shut up in my house because it's cold outside. Especially going from Singapore, right?
0: Yeah, Singapore, super
1: different climate. and humid and we were like swimming every day and then all of a sudden we're in Switzerland and it's super cold and so I think that's one of the biggest lessons that we'll learn from living here is just having a greater appreciation for the outdoors despite the weather Um, and people here just kind of have their thing they're either like really into mountain biking or they're really into horseback riding or really into skiing and it's like a very family centered culture so people just they have their thing and they do it as a family and i think that's really cool that we haven't really figured slow. out we haven't figured out what our thing is yet <laughs> it's very slow bike rides with three kids in tow <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's falling down and crashing into each other where <laughs> We're not quite as put together as the Swiss. Because your oldest is how old's Kinley? So Kinley is six, and then I have a three-year-old son, Grayson, a one-year-old, and then we kind of have an unexpected souvenir from Singapore, which is due in three months. Yeah. So two of my kids will be born internationally. But that is really cool though.
0: It's a wild ride.
1: So, have you
0: been having a fun time traveling since you've been in Liechtenstein? It's really close to so many other countries, right?
1: Yeah, it is so close to so many countries. Um, Most of our traveling has been done just within Switzerland, and then they have a holiday here, Carnival. So, my husband had a couple days off work, and we weren't really planning on going anywhere. And last minute, I thought, like, let's go to Venice. They celebrate Carnival, and they were, like, the beautiful extravagant masks and they have the gowns and it's just like a really cool time of year to go. So on a whim, we went to Venice and that's like right when the Corona (laughs) outbreak happened in Italy. So we've kind of been like in and out of quarantine since our visit to Italy about a month ago. And so it's like really hampered a lot of our travels, but I definitely have a ton of places that I want to see once once we get through all this cleared up exactly oh my goodness
0: okay so what's it been like living in europe with the coronavirus though is that been we talked a little bit before we started recording about this a little bit just about just kind of how the different ways that the u.s reacts versus europe a little
1: bit right do you mind just talking about that just a little bit yeah of course um So I feel fairly connected to what's going on in the States just because we have family there and like through social networking and (laughs) you see like all the panic buying in the grocery stores and like people buying guns and like, I think really, um, reacting very like nervously to the coronavirus. And I would say the biggest difference just from my observation is like, it's already pretty full fledged here. Switzerland's very small. I think it's a third the size of Utah. And we have 4,000 corona cases. So there's a lot more sickness here than in the U.S., at least in such a concentrated area. But I would say people seem a little bit more calm. Like you don't really see the panic buying and things like that.
0: Well, and you were talking about how everybody, everything is really shut down there. Like all at once. I mean, and I feel like the thing that's weird here is that some places are really shut down and some places really aren't. Like some parts of Northern California are sheltered at home. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything or it's a misdemeanor crime. And then there's other places also in California where, you know, they've canceled school, but that's kind of the extent of things, right?
1: Right. Yeah. So here the government has taken pretty serious measures. So we border Italy. Um, and so I believe that like a lot of our borders are shut, which is extremely unusual. So that's part of, I would say like one of the big things that impacts us is we typically just drive to Austria for groceries cause it's so much more affordable there. So we've like lost access to affordable groceries, which is a bummer, but, um, we still have our highly expensive Swish groceries we can, we can buy, As far as quarantine goes, Switzerland has said by law, no businesses can be open unless they're an essential business. And so grocery stores, pharmacies, and banks are open and everything else has been shut down. Um, So of course, like they encourage the social distancing and people to stay home. We're out in the country, so um, I don't really like see how much people are respecting that You know, in busier places, but our lives have gotten like really, really quiet in the last couple of weeks. My husband works from home, and my kids are home from school for the next month, possibly longer. But I, even though it's a scary time, I still feel like really at peace here because I think people just react, um, they're less reactive about things, and I think there's just like a calmer attitude towards everything.
0: Oh, well, crazy time for all of us. What a wild adventure, and maybe a little unnerving to be. I mean, it's nice to calm there, but a little unnerving to be out of the country when everything's kind of wild too, probably sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, you do. You miss you miss, I think, sometimes the security of home and things like that. We've been trying to decide if we should go back stateside for a little while, but since airspace will probably be shut down, whatever we decide, like we'll be stuck one place or the other and you know I think that's when you really have to dig deep and say like where is home so right now is home my home where my family is and my kids are and where we're like creating this new life for ourselves even though we've only been here for a couple of months or is home like back in Wyoming with my parents where I grew up and we've decided for now to stay here um but I think that's just part of like Embracing where you live and not not fighting it—that's part of living abroad. Is you just kind of have to say, like, this is where we are. We're gonna love it, and we're gonna consider this home. Because if you don't have that attitude, you'll always feel unsettled. Yeah. Ah,
0: I love that. I love that so much. Okay. So, is there somewhere you guys are headed next after this, or where you would like to go? What do you think?
1: Uh, We have so many places. We really wanted to go to Holland over Easter, but that's not going to be a possibility. I wanted to see the tulips in bloom. Um, So we have so many trips planned throughout Europe, Um, a lot of places I want to see in southern Italy. And it's kind of funny because we can't stay away from Asia. I still want to go to Japan. It's like the one place in Asia that's very high on my list that we haven't gone that I'd like to go.
0: So do you think, do you have any timeline of how long you're going to be living in Europe? Or you have another place that you, you know, kind of like Texas
1: was two years. How Mm -hmm. long do you guys get to be in Switzerland? Um, So we were told we'd be here for three years. And then after that, like it's completely unknown, which is kind of the story of our lives. We never plan very (laughs) far out. (laughs) So I don't know if we'll go abroad again or if we'll choose to return stateside I think we'll just wait till it gets to that point and then see what feels right.
0: Love it. I love how flexible you are. That is so, just so great. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So do you, are you ready for my three helpful and happy questions? Let's do it. Okay. So this ties our, the podcast in with the helping of happiness website a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause we talk about food, travel and homemaking hacks on there as well as housing the podcast archives. So right. to start out, this might be a little hard because you're in like been so many different places with so many different foods, but you have a favorite food or a favorite meal.
1: My favorite meal, I would say, or my favorite food is my grandma's cinnamon roll recipe. And I don't even know if it's because it's my favorite thing to eat, but just because it's such a piece of home. Like I was very, very close with my grandma. I would help her make cinnamon rolls when I was growing up and so it's just attached to very fond memories
0: yeah very sentimental I love I love cinnamon rolls too that's (laughs) my mom often had cinnamon rolls for us after school and things so I think I have that same kind of nostalgia wrapped
1: in your heart right yes
0: yes I don't know and there's just something about those coming out hot in the oven that oh it's just dreamy Okay, what about your best trip you've ever gone on or your dream vacation? I guess you've kind of been talking about where you'd like to go, but...
1: Yeah, um, I think my favorite trip that I've ever been on was Guilin, China, which is in the south of China, and it has the Karst Mountains, which are like those really extreme, when you think of traditional Chinese mountains that are covered in trees, and they're like very spiky. Um, I don't know. It was just like such a dreamy, foreign place to me. Even though we were living in China, we had been in cities. And so traveling there and like taking a bamboo raft down the river and biking through the countryside was just the coolest thing. And this was pre-kids. So maybe that was part of the appeal. But <laughs> I This would be that. so exotic
0: exciting. though. Just so different from anything that you've ever right. done. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, so exciting. I loved it. Okay, what about a homemaking hack? You got a homemaking hack for us? I thought of a couple, and actually, they're all homemaking hacks that I've learned from living abroad. Cool. So, dairy is very sparse in Asia. If you think about Chinese cooking, Mm -hmm. they don't have hardly any dairy. Thankfully, we're in Switzerland, where it's like, there's dairy everywhere. There's milk cows everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. So... um. Buttermilk was almost impossible to find, and I learned to make my own, which maybe you've already talked about, but it's really simple. We just learned to mix like a tablespoon or so of vinegar or lemon juice into a cup of milk, and you just let it sit on the counter for like 10 minutes and it kind of curdles and makes buttermilk. And so, um, if you ever want to make pancakes on a whim and you don't have buttermilk and you don't feel like running to the store, I always love to use that now because it's just so much simpler.
0: I actually use that a lot because I never think of buying buttermilk. Like I just yeah, never, it's who buys never, buttermilk? yeah, I never think, i never done it with vinegar though. I've always done it with lemon juice. So I'll have to do that with vinegar when I'm out of lemon juice. What a good yeah. idea.
1: And then the other one that I learned, um, so everywhere we've lived in Asia has been an extremely humid climate and really hot and our towels and our laundry would always smell mildewy. Yes. And even in Texas, like we yes. had mildew towels say, bite floor, that this right? time
0: of year. Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: It's the worst. And so I would just throw in like a couple heaping scoops of um baking soda in with my laundry and it like really helps to freshen up your towels so they don't smell so bad. <laughs>
0: Okay. I am doing that because it's right now with the rain, it's been raining constantly for like two Mm -hmm. weeks and it's like, even the sidewalks are getting mossy. Nothing is drying out. It's crazy. You can be
1: pretty generous with it too. You can really pour a bit in there and I think it's, it's great for the laundry.
0: Okay. I'm doing that. That's such a good tip. Oh, this has been so great, Tori. I love hearing about your adventures and, just your love for trying new things. I think it's such a cool thing about you.
1: Well, thank you for taking an interest. It's always fun to talk about.
0: Well, and I also have to put a plug in. So right now on my website, I've got the, um, My chicken pot pie recipe, which I need to credit you for teaching me about crust because I was so bad at making pie crust. So that was something that I think I'll always think of you when I make chicken pot pie from now on because you
1: you. were willing to
0: take me under your wing and teach me how to make a good pie crust. So you've got so many things. And then you have a handle on Instagram too, I forgot to
1: mention too, where you have some really cute cookies and things like that. Oh, I do. Um, so my Instagram handle is better underscore with underscore butter, and that's where I do some of my baking and different things like that. Just fun things to, to kind of celebrate birthdays and just kind of self-taught baking.
0: No, and it's awesome. Everything on there is amazing. So yeah, go check that out. It's really
1: cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you, Hillary. It was super fun to talk to you. If you're
0: a travel junkie like I am, and you're interested in knowing more about some different places to travel, especially domestically, make sure you check out our website, helpingwithhappiness.com, and look at the traveling section that we have. We've talked about a lot of different places, mostly in the continental U.S., about lots of different tips on what to do with your family when you're traveling, especially when you have a bunch of kids like we do. So... And if you enjoyed this, share this with a friend, and we'd love it so much if you would give us a rating and a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Have a wonderful day.